Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today we're here together with Stevie and Cezanne Hendricks. Uh, they are um, sort of digital marketing specialists, maybe Instagram influencers is the way to think about it. They have a brand new book. It's called A Real Good Life. Um, we talked to them about their life, about their marriage. We talked about some of the themes that are present in the book. It's actually quite clever. I really enjoy exploring those with these guys. They are, they're a cool couple. They're pretty grounded. And it was refreshing to see them talk about how they move through the world, how they do parenting. They're a lot more like you and me than you might expect. We really enjoyed talking with them. I think you should check out their book, A Real Good Life. Um, and also I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving. Uh, nothing happens at Marriage Therapy Radio unless people are listening. That's you. And uh, I always just want to emphasize how grateful I am that you are still paying attention to what we've got going on. I hope you'll continue to support the podcast by supporting our sponsors um, and by, you know, providing our five-star reviews if you are if you haven't done that yet over at Apple Podcasts. But mostly, I just wanted to say again, we really appreciate you. Thank you for giving us a reason to, to get up on Thursdays and explore some of this stuff with you. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Okay, so it's freezing in Austin. You were telling us that we can get back to uh, What does whatever. freezing mean to you? Yeah. Like, is it 45 degrees? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> actually, you might be right. Let's right check. on. It was 45 degrees. I think freezing to us is 45 degrees, but that's not the rest of the country. We are. Uh, no. I wish I could show you the picture. I was in Austin last weekend and I went for a run and it was really humid because we had like all the downpours, right? And I was one mile into my run. My face was beet red. I was drenched in sweat. And I literally decided at that moment, no triathlons will be happening in Texas from here on out. That I will not be doing that because it was bonkers. No, it's, it's, yeah. Austin is beautiful and landscape and everything, but it's been so hot, like abnormally hot this year. Mm -hmm. Forget about it. I'm, I'm on this. I'm on the stationary bike or the treadmill indoors. Yeah. One day we went from 80 degrees to 40. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on in the world, man? Are you on your Peloton or are you on a st- stationary bike? Oh, you know the Peloton. You get it yeah. right. Mm-hmm. right on. I, okay, I, I let's had to take my Alex to Alex Tucson. Like that the trainer on that in that class. Like yeah, it's intense. But I have a funny um, confession. I can mm. I can kill it and crush it on a stationary bike, yeah. but I can't actually, guys, ride a ride a bike. She's a cycle. <laughs> you can't ride a bike. It's bizarre. That's There's amazing. Like little weird quirks about me like that, where you're like, I think you're, you're thirty four years old. You're Get- training for the day that you actually ride a bike. You're just gonna. But wait, can you ride a bike? Like you don't. And I'm not talking about like training on a bike. Can you like go like on a beach cruiser and just? 
Um, no. I, a beach cruiser would be hard. I need beach to. Cruiser. You know what? It's like I want. Not to- on the beach, like on the boardwalk where you just you like have learn your own. She should learn on a beach cruiser. The wheels are like this thick. Well, I'm. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm wondering. It's like I just need to get on one, I think. And since I've been like top of my class on Peloton, I can't <laughs> do this, you guys. Like, how hard could it be? <laughs> I yeah. want my little kids to like, I mean, my five-year-old, she's just like learning. I'm basically, yeah. hey girl, mommy's also learning with you. So if I panic and freak out, I, I think I need to like do this like quietly somewhere in a corner in our driveway so they don't see me so that I can figure it out. Do they make adult striders so your five-year-old and you can both have striders where there's no actual I, pedals? I literally thought of this. I was like, okay, we're going to get a strider for our, for our four-year-old and then we're going to yeah. get on her bike yeah. the training wheels and take the wheels off and take the pedals. Perfect. Off. So she can yeah. pull kids bike, take it strider. I just never learned growing up. That was one of the things I think in childhood that my parents just kind of, they don't need to know how to ride a bike. So nope. my other siblings though, they learned later on. They but did? like me, I know. Ne- yeah. They've never all, seen anyone in your family. on. They a bike. all just got on a bike one day and they did it. I, I was like, nah, I'm good. And I stayed inside the house. Oh, she missed the opportunity. I did. But I tried, I tried We've one been to the other beach time. A lot, I know. And you will never see Susanna. But hey, I'm, I'm yeah. changed now. Every time I was going to learn how to do something like that, like I, I would get pregnant and I'm like, well, I can't learn now. Like, that's well, right. That, that is weird. You know, I don't want to. Every time I learned how to ride a bike, I got pregnant. Is that what you're. Is that? I think I think it's like it was like oh I was just about to try and you're like mm-hmm. it's almost like when I get that excitement to try that and I also don't know how to swim it's pretty like oh. you guys now that I'm done having kids you know who else is not doing any triathlons in in Texas is, <laughs> this girl is, is I <laughs> and that girl that's right the therapy on how Saz needs to get it together and go back to her childhood into the vault yeah learn how to do some things <laughs> yeah well, okay I have so many questions this, I, I have so many this couple I got too. you I got you I got okay you. okay so first of all uh, Stevie do you ride the Peloton mm, once in a while okay okay. I, I ride the Peloton like a crazy person. It's right there. Oh, it's um, right here too. And I have a strong th- I have a theory about like finding out who people ride with. You're like, I ride with Alex. I think I know a lot about you now that you, that oh. you've told me that you ride wow. with Alex. I yeah. That. Yeah. So, so, you know, I like to um, like scream that I like the boot camp style. Yeah. I can't ride with Alex. Is it like a personality test where you're kind of like you choose, it's like a Cosmo test where it like based on the Peloton instructor, yeah. it'll tell you about your personality. Totally. Yeah. I can't ride with Alex. Cause I don't, a, I don't take instruction from men and I definitely don't take instruction from men who are like bossing me around <laughs> and he's a, he, that's his jam. He's like, yeah, yeah. do this. Oh yeah. Um, you know what? I think I'm with you there. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. So who do you ride with? No, no. Yeah. But like I've done it yeah. a few times and I'm like. You do like the Oregon rides where you're just like going through. Yeah. The yeah. That's, that's, it. that's yeah. it. He just wants the scenic, you know, the screen. Yeah. It's like, I get that. Yeah. That's and I've done Colorado. the in-person cycle classes too. And these ladies are yelling at you. And I'm just like, I don't need <laughs> yeah. to be. Not your yeah. jam. My pace is good. It, yeah. it motivates it motivates me though to get my butt off the bike and like let's go let's go let's go you know but you have to be in the mood for that because it, it can be intense at like 7 a.m you know yeah after a cup of coffee yeah <laughs> yeah okay i want to i want to go ahead and and uh and and get to get to the stuff um <laughs> and i have a question because 
Uh, you guys, uh, you are influencers. That's your thing. Or do you have another day? Like when you tell people Titled what you do, like what do you creators. do? Yeah. What is it that, what's your jam? Yeah. That, that, is there a title for that? That's correct. You know, it, it's called influencer. We tell, we, the, we tell the people at customs we, at the airport that we work in <laughs> digital marketing because yes. I mean, there's a line of people. How do you unpack what it is? Yeah. 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 Influencer, digital it's, creator. it's, 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 it, I feel like it could be one of the silliest titles that like was ever landed on. I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, I, I have a fascination. I want to know about it, but here's what I really want to know that I've, I've, I've been looking at your stuff over the last couple of weeks and months and just kind of like, Oh, here's what these guys, and it looks great. It's amazing. It looks fantastic. Like you guys have a, a, a shtick that is really lovely and is attractive and you can't ride a bike. <laughs> like, do you do the part where you, do you show people like you falling off a bike and stuff? Like how does, oh, I have how does yes, I have, um, did I tried did. like what? 12, 10, 12 years ago. Yes. And what were those things that remember those little uh, skateboard things that John tried to teach me how to ride oh, in our backyard? Oh, is it on like a, it's a balance board. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I remember those things where like you just move and it moves with you. I tried learning one of those. It was a nightmare. And then I had in college, we studied radio TV film. And so they thought it'd be funny to create a segment around like, 21 year old learns how to ride a bike in one of the mm-hmm. categories to teach you on this huge man bike. And it was not a pretty sight. Um, I think all. what would actually benefit you is if there was an adult coordination class. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Here's what's interesting. I think Cezanne is actually pretty athletic. Like, you do. Yeah, I do. I've seen you do box jumps. And I was like, dang. I was he like, always boosts me I was on like, the box jumps. Jump. <laughs> that was one time. What's that? You can like fly through the air. And I was like, wow. I was like, so she's athletic, but she's not. Uh-huh. I was like, uh-huh. See, we can work with this. I think you need to go to Amari's like toddler gym class and like do the balance beam. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, take it back. 34 year old on a child's yeah, balance Fine motor skills. Yeah. That's what there I'm you go. like, are we born with coordination or is that something that can be taught? And it's like, if it's, I always thought you're born with it. Cause like mm-hmm. my boy over here, he can dance. Like he's got the rhythm. So I'm like, where did you learn that? I can't that's that. different. I am quite coordinated. He's so. very coordinated. Like if you try to get me to the Cupid shuffle, I like at wedding, everyone's <laughs> in sync. I'm like, Wait, can we slow That's this down? That's not a test of being coordinated here. Like chore- anything choreographed where they're like, all right, left foot, right foot, now back. Like inside, <laughs> I can keep up. But at the same time when they're like, okay, and now to the right, to the left. I almost fall off because I'm like, wait, my brain is not processing this as fast as you're saying it. So I don't know, y'all. I think I definitely should take a class on coordination. I think that could help me not naturally, you know. It is starting to cool off outside. It's actually getting harder and harder for me to motivate myself to go for these dog walks. However, I think I found the ticket. So rather than listening to my normal podcasts or to an audio book, I am tapping back into Dipsy. Dipsy is just for me. It is erotic short stories that are written for women by women. And it's just allowing me to kind of spice up my morning, my afternoon. Um, I know that my husband's really enjoying it because it's allowing me to just sort of explore my fantasies, relax and unwind. Um, And it's putting me into that erotic mindset so that I'm not surprised when he comes up from behind and wants to give me a back massage, wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, I would love for all of you to be able to spice up your dog walks or maybe your commutes or your drop offs. 
by being able to tap into Dipsy as well. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash MTR. That's a 30 days of full access for free. When you go to Dipsy, it's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash MTR. Dipsystories.com slash MTR. Hey gang, it's me, Zach, coming at you. Um, and I'm coming at you on behalf of myself and my wife, Rebecca, who was delighted that I got to talk about Paired again on the podcast. We've been using this app to connect because every day we get different questions and quizzes and challenges to kind of figure out like maybe who knows the other one better, cool discussions, questions about, you know, how we met or favorite memories from the early time. We had a question about whether or not we would still be friends with the people in our bridal party. And we sat around our table and talked about how relationships have changed for us since we uh, have gotten married. We've been together 26 years and I still think this app is really cool. It's called Paired. And it's a relationship app for couples. And you and your partner download it together. They pair you. That's why it's called Paired. And then again, it gives you questions, quizzes. You have fun games. You get reminders throughout the day. So like if you answer a question, your partner gets a reminder if they haven't answered it. But you actually don't get to see either person's answered until you've both answered. It's prompted some simple and funny and uh, just kind of relaxing conversations for us to have. So I really want to encourage you to check it out. Whether you're on a few dates or been together for a really long time, this will help you lighten the mood and have fun. So head to paired.com slash MTR. And that's kind of the important part to go to the website and use the MTR code that helps support the podcast. But if you go to paired.com slash MTR, you'll get a seven day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. So just again, head over to paired, P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash MTR and sign up today to connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Hold on. Okay. I, now I need to ask because I want to know, first of all, like, can you tell us how, or how the two of you sort of fell in love and became this couple that the two of you are, I mean, we're couples therapists, but I am curious about like the, the beginnings of What's your, the origin story, the origin story. Exactly. The like, what were you attracted yeah. to? Oh, oh Lord. Started, started with me. Like we were uh, students at university of North Texas and we both uh, volunteered, volunteered, but also it was like, required. no, 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 voluntold. You were voluntold. You yeah. Was required. Yeah. My like, thing was required to get credit as producer credit. whatever. So the way that it works is we had our own TV station, college news. Uh -huh. It was broadcast live on local television. Why don't you go ahead and say Pro it? I, I'm going to say, I'm like gonna say hold on, we'll get there. I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. probably at any time, somewhere between like 10 to 12 viewers. Um, <laughs> We're not crushing it, knocking it out of the park. No, but I'm, I'm like, dude, who is watching the local college newscast? Anyway, so yeah. seriously, though, we were serious about this, y'all. This was our like training, and like you had to audition to be like an anchor or like a reporter, and it was like, mm -hmm. more serious. So, Kazan and I both auditioned. We were in the local newscast. We were both cast as anchors. So we thought we were cool. We were like, hey, we're like the upper, like we're the head anchors of the show. Yeah. I've seen that and movie. Yeah. My friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's This is exactly how it was. My friend was the uh, news director. So he got to cast everyone and be in charge of like who's so of course, like, so you're a nepo baby. Basically. That I thought she was beautiful. So he was like, my man, I got you. <laughs> She's gonna be hosting with you on Thursday night, and I was little like, did I know. So, anyways, we're in like the sound booth, you know, starting to get to know Cezanne. We're kind of becoming friends-ish. We 
work together. Um, <laughs> were you dating other people at the time? Let's be honest. No. Or were you single? I had just gotten out of a I was single. I was mingling, but I was single. Uh-huh. You know, Got so. it. Yeah. We all mingled in college. I know what you mean. I was mingling. I was I did out it. there. What's going on? And I had just gotten out of a relationship. So I was in a yeah. headspace where I was like, I just do not have time to waste. Got to focus on my career. That's the mm-hmm. best <laughs> headspace. That's the best place to enter a relationship in. That's and I, I just remember I was like, this this girl's like she's really pretty. She probably is not gonna like me. We'll see what happens. And we're in the uh, we're in the sound booth where we're doing our our intros for the or the stingers or whatever for the news. Like tonight, like like wait to see what happens after this. Happy, yeah, yeah. Like you know when you <laughs> tonight we're talking about a whole uh, you know so we're uh huh. And I'm in there and I just like turned to her and I was like, so what kind of guys are you into? And this is oh. small room. Did and you say it in that voice? voice? Just the way of like oh totally. Seeing what's behind, like, let's open the door. She goes, oh, yeah. like dark, exotic, you know. And I was like, yeah. Want, want, yeah. white boy. Okay, <laughs> meanwhile, my side is, I totally thought he was cute and charming and funny by this stage in our friendship. But mm-hmm. in person, after coming out of the relationship that I was in, I was going to put all my cards out there. And in fact, I was actually a hot mess. And I had a lot of, like, internal baggage and stuff that clearly needed to be worked on that I was tucking aside. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of mindset of like, I just don't have time for entertaining this. So like, I kind of bluffed to him when I was like, basically describing the opposite of him because I was like, don't get any ideas in my head is what I was thinking. Exotic. But I'm in my mind, but really, but really in my mind, I thought, oh my gosh, did he ask it? Like, it's like, you know, I go off and I'm thinking, did he ask me like what kind of guys? I mean, yeah. he thinks I'm cute. But then the other side of my mind too, in that time of my life was also understanding that, well, he wouldn't really fit the part. Meaning I mm-hmm. come from a, a Kurdish, Middle Eastern background. And I mm-hmm. knew that like, my family would never accept me being with somebody who was not like of the same background. So I could you mingle though? Like were, if you were going to entertain, would you mingle or were you looking for someone you could bring home to your parents and like lock down into baby making? Well, my whole life, it was never like, I could never bring guys around period. Yo. I could never really promote or talk about like I was dating guys. So I didn't date many guys. The one relationship that I was in before him, that lasted for like six years. And he was with, it was wow. with the Kurdish guy. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this is a guy that I could, you know, possibly bring into the family. Well, that relationship turned sour real quick. And then I was like, okay, well then there's, where are any other Kurdish guys? Like, I don't even think mm-hmm. Kurdish is for me anymore then. So I kind of had this mindset. I was like, I'm just going to focus on me, do me, focus on my career. And then when I was getting to know Stevie in my mind, I thought, well, I could probably like mingle Mm-hmm. getting to know him but like in my mind I knew this could only go so far because like I can never like be disowned from my family mm. family's everything you know and so while it was fun and cute and charming and I had never really dated really before I was totally open to it but like I early on straight up told him like just so you know like we can't fall in love you know oh, like mm-hmm. oh like I was, I was so like, sassy oh my gosh I was like there's no pressure and then Steve was like <laughs> <laughs> So I have to overcome extreme odds to win your hand, but also there's no pressure to do so. I was like, this is a good recipe for me. I remember. This is, sounds good. Odds are stacked against me. And also there's no pressure. I was like, I like this. Yeah. Of course I have a question, which is. After that. Have you, have you been disowned? Oh, that's a good question. I've been. 
So right? spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> we got married. <laughs> and what happened yeah. was. Because we kind of know what happens next, right? Like, so now I want to know if you still get to be in your family. So, yes, we got married in 2015, but that was a really hard season of life because my parents, I had told them, me and Stevie were dating in secrecy for three years before I actually mm. came out and told them about him. And so we were at a place in our relationship where we knew. Mom, we dad, I'm, I'm coming out as straight. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and dating and then after a white boy, a man. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, you know, you know, you're like, you know, where we stand on this. Like, we can't accept this. And it was like they weren't seeing like all of these amazing things that I wanted to share with them about this guy. It was mm. more than just like what he looked like and his background. Like, mm -hmm. like, are we living in the 1800s? Like, I really tried to like tell my parents, like, no, he's like honestly such an amazing man. He has a great family. Like he is like, I know, I know, you know, mm -hmm. they just, it was really hard for them to accept that it was the first one out of five siblings to get married. So for my parents, I was that first one that like had to break them in a sense into mm -hmm. first, letting go of your kid, they're getting married, but then also not being right, fitting that mold of that expectation they had for their kid. So they yeah. come to our wedding. It was a very small wedding that we ended up, by the grace of God, being able to pay for. And then um, mm -hmm. shortly after that, my mom started coming around like pretty quickly in her side of the family, but it took longer for my dad. And so that time, I guess, needed to happen. And it was like, it was almost like when I finally came out and told him the truth about me dating Stevie and like I wanted to be with him. It was like, now, because we're walking in truth, the healing process can truly begin as hard mm. as it was. And so then the day that my dad met Stevie, and now I'm really fast forwarding the story, but like the day that my dad got to meet him um, was, it was like two years after we had already been it's married. Almost, almost mm. No way. Uh, the day that my wow. dad met Stevie is the same day that he met my first daughter who was eight months old so like wow. imagine that day like he's meeting my eight month old his first grandchild for the first time mm -hmm. as well as my mm -hmm. husband and it was just this it was really this beautiful reunion and I wouldn't change it any other way I mean yes I would have loved for it to just be easy but what we've noticed about like when we talk about good life is like you kind of have to go through the hard to get to mm -hmm. and for us we experienced a lot of hard in the beginning and now mm -hmm. Almost 10 years now married, we're seeing how it's just getting sweeter and sweeter. It's not getting easier. Like we have more kids, more <laughs> obstacles. But in terms of like that seed yeah. in our relationship early on, it had to be cultivated in the soil that I feel like would really force us to roll up our sleeves and get in there and get dirty and the nitty gritty and the details of what the reality was. And now I feel like we're really enjoying the fruits of going through this it's, it's kind of like what they say about like wine you know my friend's a wine enthusiast and he's telling me all about how actually when there's a drought it's it produces finer wine because they yeah. have to dig deeper you know mm. to pull out the nutrients to grow the mm -hmm. so they're actually it's usually a richer more interesting grape that's produced and so i feel like that's kind of the beginning of our relationship because it was there's just many times where we were just like, this is not going to work. And is it worth it? Like you're, mm -hmm. it just feels like a train wreck. And for some reason, I think we're both stubborn enough. Um, we're both thick-headed enough to make it work. You know, mm -hmm. like we kind of, we thrive in 
persevering through chaos, it seems like. And so mm-hmm. by the time that Savannah and I got to the altar, it felt like um, it was then that our, our we actually were allowed to have butterflies in a sense. Whereas mm-hmm. through that, when they're dating, for us, it was like, oh my gosh, like we did this. Our relationship felt like it was forged in the fire. And so every step that Cezanne took coming down the aisle was just a massive victory. And so by the time we said, I do, you know, it was just, you know, we were like, dude, we're a, we are a team, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've had many, you know, difficulties in, in seasons in marriage, you know, just like everybody else. But there's just this, uh, there's a rock solid foundation. I feel like that was forged during our, our day. Yeah. We like to ask uh, couples when we're doing a workshop, like, especially if you've been together for almost 10 years, married, what is something that you wish you knew that you know now, like early on in your relationship? What do you, what is it that you know that you feel like you've kind of like mastered or you've got, you've got solid that you wish you could have gifted 10 years ago to your relationship? I think Cezanne and I, like we were, we, we got married. <clears throat> we're so focused on just our growth in like, you know, the professional sense. And mm-hmm. so just so focused on that. I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, y'all just take your time, you know, like take time. And I mean that like on the daily, in a daily sense of, of what's, where's the fire? You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. relax, like breathe, mm-hmm. take your time. The reason that you're probably fighting is because of stress and pressure. Mm-hmm. That has to do with work. It has nothing to do with like your actual relationship. So it's like, oh, just like take your time and, and, and enjoy, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, huh. I would say that's a big thing that I don't even know if we've mastered it, but we're super aware of now that we're like, <laughs> we have to protect, you know, our peace and our family. And it's like, what's worth it at the end of the day? Yeah. Like I'll have yeah. people that call me and they're frustrated about something. And I, and maybe this is something that I guess I've learned to experience. It's like my mom, I love my mom. She's, great person she loves to like host for thanksgiving it's a huge deal for her every year but like mm-hmm. only again this year and i and it's like you wouldn't believe it she's like the, the backyard is being you know it's being like renovated she's like the railing isn't coming in in time like i just i am beside myself she's like this <laughs> this is a disaster this is a catastrophe and i'm like I, I'm not trying to dog on my mom, but I was like, mom, like really, like, I get it. You should be frustrated. You're mad. Like, yeah. so, you know, but I was like, but if that's the worst thing that she has, like, phew, I was like, the railing, our house, you know, is not a shack. I was like, we can host, you know, yeah. she's like, you don't yeah. understand, you know, she's like, it's just that I'm like, mom, like, it's, it's not worth this grief. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mad, like be mad. For a couple of days, get over it. I was like, it's, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that's what we've learned in our relationship. It's like there's just things that aren't worth it, and like in mm-hmm. between us, like between Susanna, sometimes it's just a matter of like I just don't want to have beef. I just don't want to have grief. I don't want to fight. Right? Like, I just yeah, and I don't I, care. And like, I, what do you want to do? And I think mm-hmm. we've seen like the more like we've grown professionally, but even in our personal life, like having more kids and more responsibilities and more schedules and routines to keep up with. It's so easy to put your relationship just unintentionally on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, are we just passing each other by? Like Mm -hmm. we haven't checked in with each other to ask like, Hey, are you good? Or how are you? And I think Stevie and I have gone to a place now in our marriage where it's almost like feels a little bit intuitive when you can almost sense when, your spouse or your partner is having a, one of those days in life 
where they just got maybe like 2%. You know what I mean? Like how you talk mm-hmm. about giving, it should be 50-50. But like there's days where I'm like 2% and like he's at like 40%. And it's yeah. like we kind of balance that out. And we're like, okay, because you got more in you right now. Like can you come help pick me up and like. But you're still only at 42%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't, 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 don't call me out on my math, you guys. But like, well, but no, I think there's something about that, right? Like, even if you're at 2%, that doesn't mean the other person's going to be at 98. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so he, that's something I would love to tell Going back to like nine years ago when we started this relationship, there's going to be days where sometimes one of you may need to like help, the other, like pick the other person up and like, yeah, whether that means sacrificing maybe like a part of your day to give that time to that your partner like stevie was so great yesterday he knows i've had a week from hell with like trying to train a baby and trying to you know do all the things for like our book that just launched and all Mm -hmm. it's been like tagging each other in and out like school right all that and so he was like i'm gonna i i got we got our babysitter he got a babysitter he's like we're gonna go have a day a day date so yes, and, and we had lunch for an hour, maybe hour and a half. But get, <laughs> what a luxury! You know, oh, it really was. when you're a parent, yeah, it makes sense. So that really blessed me. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize I needed that. And so that's mm-hmm. great that like we can pick each other up, but also know when the other person has like that hole that needs to be filled. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's such a blessing. It's not just about self, but like looking at your other partner and saying, what do they need? Well, I think Sazan and I, what we struggle with is we struggle, um, we struggle with giving ourselves rest and then creating that Mm -hmm. for the other person, you know, because it's just, we're both busybodies. Like we, we try and Mm -hmm. try and do, we're doers, you know? So we don't, it's not like, Oh, you need to get up and go. That's not our problem. Our problem is actually like, actually we should, we should actually just push things aside in our schedule and have lunch together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Can't, why can't we do that? And you do that, you do something like that and you're like, man, I really needed that. I really needed mm-hmm. that rest in my day to go and talk to you and be with you and not really have to think about anything else. And so, and then I came home yesterday and I wasn't like snapping at my kids or like, you, you know, I was, like, you got filled up. I was yeah. like, do you guys want to go sit on like the little rocking? We have like a what, rocking chair thing upstairs. Mm-hmm. Porch. I said, do you guys want to go sit on that? I haven't sat there in a while. And so we went on the bench upstairs on the porch and we, we me with my three kids, we just sat there and I was looking out about mm. today's such a great day and it's only three <laughs> o'clock. And I'm like, Whoa, I think it was because I like, left and went and had yeah. and came back. So it was like filling up my tank like you would if you go to a gas station to fill up mm-hmm. your car with gas. It felt mm-hmm. like that. It felt refueled and recharged and it was all thanks to him for seeing in my eyes that I needed that because I wouldn't have done it. Well, I was life. thinking right before we went to lunch, I was like, this is mm-hmm. stupid. And I was like, why did I do this? Bad idea. <laughs> like she's probably actually stressed because going to make her day stack up in a weird way. And I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. We got to lunch. She's like, I love this. And I was like, <laughs> I'm good. Well, I'm glad. I know. Yeah. So awesome. rest is a big theme. And uh, it's one of the major themes in your book. Um, mm-hmm. You have a couple others like um, what, reflection, maybe focus and yeah, gathering. gathering. Is that right? Um, so what can you tell us about reflection or focus or what? Like, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how those things kind of play out for you in real life. Yeah, I think when we when we when we were talking about you know writing this book, it all kind of came from the, uh, the podcast that that we had for about four years, which is called The Good Life. And it was really all about asking people, you know, what does it mean, you know, in your mind to live a good life? What does that look 
because I think mm-hmm. we sold this idea of like the good life, you know, and Suzanne and I bought into that when we moved to LA and we thought the good life looks like me succeeding and doing all of these things. And it's more of like, these are all my accolades. Like that's the good life, the house, the car, mm-hmm. marriage, everything. And moving back home to Texas, you know, and slowing down our pace of living, kind of like you were talking about, and and finding rest and finding uh, joy in a simple moment, we realized like there's 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 a good life um, that can be had, that can be cultivated, that can be grown. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually a life that's simpler than we thought. You know what I mean? It's not as complex, and it's not something that's like out there. You know, it's not these kids who move from a small town to go to the big city. That's not the good life. The good life is actually like right in front of you. It's, it's within your grasp. Um, it's mm-hmm. the garden that's in your backyard. It's not somebody else's garden. It's the garden that you've been given, the one you inherited that's for you to like work on and to grow. And so when we looked at like talking about like a real life, well, we were like, well, this good life is for one good day at a time. And so we, we kind of broke the day down into those sections, you know what I mean? Which is like re- reflect, gather, rest. Um, and so when we thought about those parts of the day, we we're like, well, these are the essential ingredients, you know, that we've seen in our life that really add up to, you know, a good day. And so even just starting, you know, with reflect, it's like, Suzanne and I have realized it's, it's so funny, like, as the book was approaching, it felt like we were under so much stress and pressure with having a newborn, you know, Suzanne, even more pressure, um, launching this book, you know, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is our biggest project yet. And it felt like so many things were going wrong. You know, it just felt like we're like, why are we just having so many issues? We worked so hard mm-hmm. for years. You know, is there something wrong with us? Like, what what did we do? You know, and you started asking all these questions. But really, you're just thinking about like self. You're just thinking about where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? And so your mm-hmm. eyes are, are really just focused on you and your problems. And so... Mm. kind of become selfish in a way because mm-hmm. you're not grateful. You know, you're not looking out, you're not looking around. Um, and so Suzanne and I were like, even talking about this right before the book came out, we're like, man, changing your focus, you know, and setting your eyes on the good and looking for the good in your life produces such a difference. But really that time, we find that time in the morning, oftentimes when our head is clear, you know what I mean? To set our, our eyes on the things that are good and reflect on the good in our life. And so we, Mm. You know, reflect is one, um, focus is another, you know, we are talking about how like, when you, can I pause before you go to focus? Cause I'm curious, like, it, do you have a ritual that the two of you do together or that you do individually that allows you that time to reflect? I'm going to say something yeah. right now in this Very season, nice. of our life, it is hard y'all. We have to fight. I bet. We have to fight. Like, well, that's yeah. And that's something that we, we talked about in the book was that like, you have to really audit your life in the season mm. that you are in, like get real with yeah. yourself. Right. So for me, if I use myself as an example, the reality is when I'm in the postpartum era, you better believe like I'm, I'm not getting up at my 6am to have my hour of quiet time before the kids wake up. But like, I'm just trying to survive and I'm trying to, yeah. you know, get as much sleep as I can. But on a on a, in a season where let's say I'm not in that postpartum, what I would love to do is like there's some intentional things that you do to set the tone for a winning day. And so we talk mm-hmm. about what we call it a gaze strategy, which is about intentionally seeking and kind of reflecting right on like what is this day like ideally, what would you love this day to look like? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, 
five things are probably going to go right and a million things may go wrong. But what yeah. it's doing is it's saying like, no matter what, I'm going to control the things that I can in my day. So for me, what that looks like on a happy season of my life when I'm not getting <laughs> with the postpartum life is I love to get up an hour before my kids get up to really just have that time for myself. So for me, that morning routine, it is really important when we look at our routines. It's very simple too. Studies have shown like if you wake up in the morning and you make your bed first thing, just mm-hmm. picking up and grabbing your phone, like there's so much power in that. And it's this full circle experience that happens when you come back to your bed at the end of a long mm-hmm. that creates this sense of completion. And so I always make my bed no matter what. Okay. And yeah, I really love having my time for me in this, in, in, in that season, it, right before I had Oliver and I really miss it is, you know, I love to make myself a warm drink, um, invite my golden retriever. She can come out with me, nobody else, but just my golden. And I love to get in the word for me. I love reading my emotional. Mm-hmm. I love just having that time to reflect our house is like covered, like we're, we have tons of windows everywhere. So like being able to look out and just like mm-hmm. enjoy that peace and quiet. And then there's mornings where it doesn't go as I plan. We talk about that. We talk about how things can unintentionally happen, but you can still have a good day with the right mindset. So those mm-hmm. are some of like the little things that I like to do to set that tone. And then working out is a big one for me too. Um, mm-hmm. So today it looks like having quick 20 minute Peloton ride while baby's napping. I just yeah. love to do those little things for myself. I do some box jumps instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, after you have kids, I will say it's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, if I don't empty out my bladder, let's just be real. But yeah. it's like, you know, those, those little things, it's just yeah. makes such a difference for me and it allows me to show up for my kids. So I encourage yeah. women, especially moms right now where I've seen on my in my community platforms, mm-hmm. women have this guilt and this shame that comes over them when they feel like they have to leave their children to go do something for themselves. And I yeah. think that we can debunk that lie by showing like, no, it's very necessary because if you can show up for yourself, like you will be able to show up for them and kids just want to see their parents like happy and thriving. And so if your energy and your mood and your excitement around your kids is going to be elevated by doing those little things for yourself, I say, do it. It's an investment in your good life. Mm, nice. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think being realistic about the season of life that you're in and recognizing that, you know, you might have had time to reflect, but now that you have a newborn, that reflection might be out the window, but you can find small ways to integrate the reflection. If it's not an hour, it might be two minutes while you're in the shower shampooing or waiting for your conditioner to set in, whatever <laughs> it might be. Exactly. Um, yep. Stevie, you were going on to focus. Tell me about focus. Well, yeah. So, I mean, focus, I feel like there's, there's so many people and good friends of mine that as the years have gone on, I'm seeing friends that have kind of just meandered, you know, mm. their life. They've had no focus. They've had no vision um, for their life. And, and they're waking up now and they're calling me and they're like, yeah, I, uh, I want to do this and I want to have this. And I'd like to see mm-hmm. this in the next couple of years of my life. And they're finally starting to focus. They're starting to cast a vision for their life. I think that focus is such uh, a big part of a good life because I mean, you've got to be focused on like where you want to go, what you want to accomplish and what you want to have. Mm-hmm. I think that the life is something that, you know, it's built brick by brick. It's something that's cultivated. And so, 
Um, that's why I think focus is such a key ingredient. You know, Suzanne and I, I think that's something that now as parents, we have to fight for. We have to fight for that focus time, you know. Um, yeah. Productive hours. They look yeah. a lot different these days. You know, yeah. where do we do what's called a power hour? When our kids go to bed, like we realize that the nighttime it is this time of rest. And we talk mm-hmm. about that too. Like that mm-hmm. last, if we carved out the day into these four sections, you know, that final end of the day, that nighttime is usually for rest. But when focus midday, a huge chunk of that was because your kids having to melt down and you couldn't get to cancel all the meetings. You didn't get to check your emails. I mean, we work for ourselves. So what we realized is, okay, we don't want to just lose our, our time. That's really important in our good life and in our marriage. But what we do is we like, we'll set a timer. We'll say like, okay, the kids are going down. Let's prepare our turn down service in the house of like the light is in the house. We kind of get our candles on and then we play some like really cozy music because now it's quiet. And we play like, you know, a lot of like, not classical, but you know, like cinematic music that gets you going. And then we set our timer and for one hour, we just focus and we are checking our emails. We're getting back to some things that we didn't necessarily respond back to. Making, mm-hmm. you know, scheduling out some content that didn't get around to earlier in the day, submitting some last minute deadline. That one hour is like, whoa, we get so much mm-hmm. done that like yeah. throughout the day, you just hope to like check in here and there with kids. So once that timer goes off, we're like, all right, no matter what, it's our time now. We need to spend time together. Mm. It's something to look forward to because we know when we set this one hour timer around like eight o'clock, you know, uh, by like eight forty five, nine o'clock, we get to have this final hour and hour, hour and a half to like watch a show or yeah. to talk, to be together, and just like yeah. it's something you look forward to in that one hour of power hour. You're like, yay! There's yeah. going to be a reward after yeah. I get and, my homework done. Is what we, it feels we, like. We have seen y'all when we've like we've uh, neglected that hour of like us time. Like, yeah. it, it, it's not good. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> things are not working. We're like, yeah, like need, snappy with each other. And yeah, sassy. we're like, we don't need a lot, but like, we just need a little bit of time every single yeah. day, like to be together. And that can literally just be us like watching a show, like cuddling on the couch, you know. But it's like mm. we have realized like that is like the key thing in our relationship is just having that little bit of time. So when the girls are like not wanting to go to sleep. We're like, mm-hmm. no. I know. This, yeah. You need mom and dad to love each other tomorrow morning. So let us have some alone time. Yes. And so like that, just that time of like intimacy is really important because mm-hmm. I will say it is hard. It is hard to make time to, and I want to ask you guys this question because I feel like you guys are probably have a great, I don't know, just based off your experience. Like for us, I don't know if this is silly or not, but in the season of life that we're in right now, I feel a little bit of like we like Monica Geller, because I'm like, we have to like schedule our sexy. Oh yeah. We have to schedule yeah. our sexy. Like we have to be like, Hey, Wednesdays and Saturdays, like no matter what, like we got to get in our sexy time. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. is that, is that something that you guys have heard people? Like, is that pretty common? <laughs> is that like, is that lame that we do that right now? Cause I no. wanted to like necessarily be that person that like has to schedule our little romance well, it's Wednesday. yeah that's right it's time well, well okay i i have to butt in on this one zach because i know we're oh, probably sure. going to say different things but 
the two of you, what you, what a lot of people don't realize is that when you were dating, you did schedule sex time or sexy time. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you knew intentionally, right? You're probably living in two separate places. And when you were getting together, you're going to go out on a date or you're going to meet up or whatever it might be, go have a beverage. But it, internally, you were like, I know that I'm going to see my partner. So I'm going to wear matching underwear. I'm going to zhuzh it up. I'm going to clean my car out. Like <laughs> we knew that you were going to have that time together. But now with kiddos, there's no uh, scheduled date, if you will. So mm-hmm. you scheduling is actually no different from what it was like when you were dating, mm-hmm. because you did have that preparation, that mindset that you're going to be able to see your partner, spend time with your partner, and that you might you might have some sexy time, mm-hmm. some intimacy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a huge fan. We talk about scheduling all the time, whether you have kids or just busy jobs or whatever it might be. But I'm a huge fan of knowing when you're going to be intimate and intentional and showing up with the idea of being open to your partner and vulnerable and taking risks, which is all what I'm hoping folks do when they are intimate with one another. Yeah. Zach, what was your thought? I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, I think the reality is we schedule things that are important to us. Yeah. You schedule mealtime, you schedule bedtime, you schedule power hour, you schedule workouts, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's just the reality. And so if people are like, oh, I wish sex was spontaneous. I'm like, that'd be great, but it's not. Yeah. Right. So you got to schedule it, you know? So, and it's not that you're scheduling it and ripping away the spontaneity. You're just, you're, you know, you show up at the gym in your outfit ready to do your gym stuff yeah and you know if you were like oh spontaneously gym you're like i got my jeans and my flip-flops like that's not gonna work you know so i'm pro i don't think there's any shame in uh you know carving Mm -hmm. out time to prioritize things that are important to you yeah yeah um i have two questions though before we land this plane number one when you guys cuddle up and watch a show what are you watching what show are you watching (laughs) um if we if we we should tell them the one that we were so obsessed with well there's been <laughs> you don't have to whisper. There's no need she's to like lie. Whispering. She's she's literally like <laughs> mouthing it to Stevie. Like you, know, come on, Stevie, you I say. Don't know it. Why I was like, are we going to say it at the same time? In one, two, three. <laughs> the la- okay, the Heart of the Last Kingdom. That show is. Oh, I love the Last Kingdom. <gasps> no, yeah. Uthred, oh, son of Uhtred. Yeah, Uhtred. We yeah that series. Yeah. And Stevie, I you might be. You got. You're a brave man to let her watch Uhtred. Oh, son I, of Uhtred. Okay, yeah. there's one of yeah. my quirks. I like something. shows like yeah. that. Let me say something. Hold yeah. on, is there a sexy character that I need to go? Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> he's the man's man. Like him. <laughs> <laughs> Some Uhtred role playing. Dude, um, Stevie, yeah. you have to do your Uhtred while you're explaining the show. I'm not dialed. I'm like, my radio station no, isn't tuned in right now. I'll give yeah. you a second. Uh, son of Uhtred. Like, literally, <laughs> yeah, last night I saw John Mayer and this girl like held up the sign and was like, hey, back to you. And John Mayer was like, he was like, oh my gosh. He's like, uh, yeah, let me think. He starts playing the guitar, like some random song. He's like, this is my thinking song. He's like, because I can't yeah. remember. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, my God. He's like, yeah, it's like, that's how I am right now with like accents. I can do it. But my mind yeah. is a little. But honestly, mm-hmm. like, Seriously. for real, the what we watch the most of, if we can, is like, we love a good, like, British BBC. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, period. Both of you? Yeah. I'll hang out with you guys. I, I, like, I'm into it. Like, have- I have never heard this before. Yeah. It's okay. always one partner that likes no. the British stuff. No, I'm, I like, we, we're about, like. No, and, like, down Abbey. We're like, we were those. No, like, look at me, they're like. 
this is what you like. I'm like, dude, it, it feels, I like it. It feels. Yeah, I would have had you at Yellowstone. Totally different genre. <laughs> yeah. Watch that. And we watch UFC fights. We like that. <laughs> There's a spectrum here. Like, for real. Like, people are like, so you're watching Last Kingdom, but then you're watching Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yellowstone and, and uh, UFC But something fight. that he just will not watch, and now that he doesn't watch it with me, like, I don't need to watch it either, because I'm like, I don't like watching stuff by myself. I was all into the Real Housewives series. Yeah. yeah, he cannot get down. Nice. He's like, "What? This is literally junk food for his soul." And I'm like, it you is. Know "What? You're kind of right." And the more I watch, mm-hmm. getting older, I'm like, "These are grown women, like really like flipping tables." So it's kind yeah. of started stressing me out. So we like shows that make us feel. I feel like we honestly are 34, but actually like 78. On the end. Mm. I love those I just, classic period pieces. Like, I wish we lived in the 1800s sometimes. I like, just want to say something about why I cannot watch reality TV. Time. And maybe this is a yeah. function that I have. But, like, if it's Real Housewives or it's, like, the Kardashians, I'll, like, be walking by the <laughs> living room and maybe I'm, like, doing something and I'm, like, listening. And I'm hearing these people talk and process. Yes. And I get so angry. I'm, like... I'm like it's like a whole time yeah. I'm like these are real people I was like how like they're they actually like yeah this way they, they're, they're mm-hmm. operating and living I'm like and I'm like and then people are watching this I just get like I'm like I get mm-hmm. oh, actually like, the, like, the Kardashian show the only time I really got watched it was when I was like in the beginning breastfeeding with a newborn you almost need something mindless to watch while you nurse versus getting into a show and then after 15 minutes you like you know so anytime I just would put on the Kardashians I would just be like okay this is one of those shows where like you're not really picking up anywhere where you left off you can tune in at any point and just be like yeah distracted and and so it just like would get me through just every confessional like I just like think Courtney is not being scared. Okay. And I'm like, have some personality. <laughs> oh gosh. Hey. Killing me. It's pretty entertaining. You All right. My next question is, uh, we, <laughs> we, sorry, we're about to run out of time. So I want to make sure I get this. Uh, Laura, I don't think have you ever heard me ask this question, but like we've asked you this question, which is what did you, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? Yeah. Right. What do you not know now that you wish you knew five years from now? Like, what is it that what's next for you? What are you working on that feels like the next piece of like relationship uh, mountain or hill that you got to clear a hurdle? I'm so glad you asked this question. I feel like we started talking about this yesterday at lunch. We actually had a great conversation yesterday where Suzanne and I, you know, when we, when the book launched uh, three weeks ago, it felt like I don't feel like I'm good at like seeing my life from like a, you know, I live in the day to day, but I felt like I had this moment where I was like, we just crossed a major threshold. The biggest project we've ever done. We worked so hard on it. And now we don't have anything like a major project on our mm. plate. Mm. And I was like, we've yeah. been living that way for like the last 11 years. Like we've always had something really big coming up. And Oliver, we're expecting will be our last. And so we're like, mm-hmm. in all, in like in every way, we're like, we don't have a major like, like milestone. And that felt mm. incredible. It felt like this huge, just weight that I didn't even know was there, like lifted. And I, all I want to do right now is rest and think, you know, and I, mm-hmm. we're in the rest portion of our year. I feel mm. like 
you know, that's the portion of the year that we're in. I was like, we work really hard. Um, I said, I don't think that we need to strive or do anything the rest of this year. I think we need to tick our boxes. I said, but we really need to rest and, and think about like, yeah, what's next, but in the sense of like living. And so Susanna, I had a great conversation yesterday and we talked about one thing that, that I was thinking about this morning again is that we were talking about how there's so many things that we want to do. Like if you ask us on right now, like, hey, what are some things that you would love to accomplish in your life? And they have nothing to do with work or business. She could rattle off like 10 things. And so could I. And so we were talking. She wants to learn to ride a bike. Ride she wants to swim. swim. Do her first triathlon in Austin. <laughs> but like we all have, like we all have these things. And I started thinking, I was like, I feel like we, we view our life. So many people, we view our life in terms of like, you know, what is your calling? And it's like this mm-hmm. thing that we're always headed towards. But what I've realized too, is that I think that there's callings. And I think, you know, like for Cezanne, right? Maybe riding a bike and swimming is an example of something that's been on her plate, on her mind, something she wants to accomplish for herself. But when she thinks about that thing, there's shame associated because she's like, I should have done that by now. Or why don't I know how to do that? And there's frustration. Mm-hmm. And so it creates distance because she's like, I, I, I don't want to think about that because I haven't done it and I should have done it when mm. actually we should be thinking it as like, this thing is calling out to me saying like, you can do this. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. have to be shame associated. So if we don't have a victim mentality. We have like a, you know, an offensive mentality. We're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do that yeah. thing. Like I'm going to check that off my box because mm. this is my life. And that's something that I want to do. And I want to say that like, that's calling out to me as something mm. that I want to accomplish. And so like, for me, one of those things is like, I love to play piano, but I don't know how to read music. And so I'm mm-hmm. when I'm 80, I'll probably look back and be like, why didn't I learn that when I was in my 30s? Like I still totally there was time. still hope for me yeah. and still time to do that. And so I can't speak for both of us, you know, 100 percent But Susanna and I just yesterday in our conversation were like, 2024 is really gonna be a year of like listening to those callings, those things that have been calling out to us and, and saying, like, how do I want to grow this year as a person? So five years from mm-hmm. now, I would hope that I can say. Girl, you can swim. You can ride a bike. Mm-hmm. You've been cultivating traditions for your little ones. Like we want to have that's awesome. Start those traditions. So making, yeah. I want to have a scrapbook that I do every year with my kids. Those little things, like they're not these larger than life things, but they're the things in life that you look at and you're like, wow, this is what makes a good life. Or like even mm-hmm. our days and how we spend them. So I want to show my kids that like you're never too old. We're too young to learn something new. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do it, you guys. We're going to have to have a follow-up. So y'all <laughs> do it. I'm going to well, do it. Five years from now, we'll be like, okay, how's it going with the, the bike riding? Yet? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And let's see those scrapbooks. They're, I'm sure they're yes. amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I like that, Zach, of what do you think you're going to need to know in five years? Yeah. That's Thanks, fun. Laura. Yeah. I don't give them any compliments. <laughs> so this is like the one a day. Yeah. 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 Um, well, we always, we always end by saying we're going to land this plane, but we want to be sure to direct folks to where they can pick up your book, where they can find you on the regular. So where are the sites? Where do, what are, what are we directing people to find you? Um, you can go to, yeah, stevienssazon.com. That's our, our, we have a candle e-commerce business, but also you can buy our book uh, by going to our website. You can follow us on social media at Sazan S-A-Z-A-N, and then Stevie. Uh, underscore Hendrix. You can, we posted about our book. We're so excited about it, y'all. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can, our website's probably the easiest place. Yeah. 
Cool. And thank right you on. for having us on. This was such a fun, I feel like we're yeah. hanging out. This is yeah. <laughs> what a fun hour of our day. Yeah. We get to escape and it feels like we're having a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What are the kids doing right now? I'm just curious. Uh, well, two of them are napping and the other one's home from school today. So she's watching a movie on the couch. Oh, yeah. So we're yeah. She's she watching uh, Seven Kingdoms. Is that yeah, I think so. Start me on, you know? And by the way, I, uh, you are like blessed because you haven't seen the show. You got, you got, you're you go, lucky. You're going to And then you can talk to Zach about it next, like next week. Yeah. Probably watch it all. It's, a, like, it's amazing. Oh, all right. I've got something to dig myself. I'll wait until I get sick and I can binge it. Yes. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We appreciate the two of you taking time out of your crazy schedule with your three kiddos. Um, thank you. Thanks appreciate you guys. Likewise, guys. Here. Yay. And if you're right. in Austin again, I'll go for a run with you if it's not super hot. Yep. That's I know, right? Only if it's 45 degrees and under. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Thank you to Stevie and Cezanne for joining us. They have an interesting story, um, very likable couple, and we have enjoyed chatting with them today. They also have a book. It's available now. It's a real good life. You can check that out on their website. It's Stevie and Cezanne, Stevie, S-T-E, V-I-E and Cezanne, S-A-Z-A-N.com. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.